Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roadmap from Auto Finance News since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. It's Monday, June 6th, and I'm Joey Pizzolatto, joined by Amanda Harris and Whitney McDonald. This is our weekly wrap of what happened in auto finance for the week ending June 3rd, 2022. In economic news, non-farm payrolls increased by 390,000 in May after a revised 436,000 gain in April, while the unemployment rate held at 3.6%. Average hourly earnings rose less than expected in May, notching up by 0.3% from April and 5.2% from a year earlier. Hourly earnings increased 5.5%, year over year in April. Turning to automotive news, Ford Motor Company is also investing 3.7 billion in Midwestern auto plants to manufacture more electric vehicles and gas cars, a move that will create an estimated 6,200 jobs. Ford will expand five plants to build vehicles such as the F-150 Lightning pickup and roll out new models. Ford is aiming to produce 2 million EV EVs by 2026. In auto finance, Tesla Finance was the fastest growing captive in 2021 for the second consecutive year. The lender's auto outstandings increased 42.3% year over year to 5.4 billion, up from 3.8 billion at year end 2020, marking Tesla as the 33rd largest auto lender by managed assets in the 2022 Big Wheels Auto Finance data report. Tesla's origination volume also jumped 76.1% year over year to 3.3 billion, up from 1.9 billion in 2020. Tesla continues to ramp up production in Texas and Berlin-based factories despite inventory shortages. Also this past week, newly formed captive Solera Auto Finance, which launched in March, has expanded to 25 states. Amanda, you spoke with Solera. What's going on there? Yeah, sure. Um, so Solera Holdings launched, uh, base, it's basically a captive. Um, it's captive-like program. They launched it in March, um, and they originally planned to be in 20 states by the end of this calendar year. Uh, they're now in 25 states within two months of their launch. Um, so very much accelerated timeline. Now they're looking at being in all uh, 50 U.S. continental states by the end of the year, um, so definitely up from their original estimates. Um, and they've just seen, you know, a lot of um, excitement from dealers. Uh, they work with franchise and independent dealers. And how it works is the captive integrates directly with Solaris dealer management systems um, for, their, for their dealer partners. Um, so that allows dealers to just integrate into their system. And then that speeds funding time uh, for the dealers as well. So right now it's to about the same day or the next day, but down the road, there is plans um, to more like fully digitize the system um, and to get funding within, you know, really a couple hours. Um, so this one of the big drivers of just this really kind of crazy fast adoption is that it does speed funding so quickly. Um, we know that's a really big thing for dealers with working with any financer. Um, so that's one of the drivers of it. Um, and really they're just, you know, they've been eyeing expansion um, as soon as they launched. They're starting really in the southeast and along the east coast. Uh, they did have a pilot originally um, in a couple of states. Um, and then by the end of that, they just, you know, really have seen adoption just take off. Um, they do have about 900 dealers already signed on. And that is, um, you know, by the end of this month should be around that number. Uh, and they're on track to be, like I said, licensed in all 50 states by the end of the year. Um, 
and they expect you know to really tap into Solera Holdings uh, dealer base. So that's kind of another driver of their growth is that Solera already has um, pretty established relationships, so they can kind of go in. They have a contact in the FNI office um, to be able to sell this program uh, fairly easily because they have thousands of independent uh, dealers and franchise dealers that Slayer already had a tie-in with. Um, so that kind of just made sense to launch a captive program. We've seen these coming up recently. Um, a lot of them are by acquisitions. This one um, was built out, but uh, a lot of them are, you know, Broom acquired United Auto Credit Corporation to to make their own captive, um, for example. So that's just kind of something that's been happening in the industry. Um, and I'm sure we're gonna see more and more captives being formed um, just as a way to tap into growing business and be more competitive going forward. Right, and you know, Whitney, you went to the non-prime auto financing conference last week in Texas, and that was one of the things that, that was discussed there, among other things as well. So why give us a rundown of what, what happened at the conference last week. Yes, I went down to Texas last week, which is hot in June, um, but I survived the heat. Um, it was fun to be able to travel, get some FaceTime sessions, ranging from today's market, talent management, fraud risk, cybersecurity, different lending strategies. So lots on the docket. Um, some takeaways that stood out um, included how lenders are navigating the talent gap. Of course, we know that across all industries, um, it's hard to find employees right now. A panelist at the conference from GM Financial and Turner Acceptance shared that even though it's hard to find people, the shift to remote work has helped open up uh, the talent pool a little bit. Um, so they've been working to expand beyond where they usually would reach for those in-person jobs. Um, Eric Haven from GM Financial, he shared that something that's going on a little bit different right now is that employees at, or some employees won't even consider positions if they're not 100% remote. So that's kind of a new demand from employees uh, in the industry that they are asking for. Um, another topic was an update to the auto market. Um, there was a, a session that uh, Cox Auto Chief Economist Jonathan Smoke said, uh, we've been following people getting their tax refunds, which have been delayed. Um, those are still delayed. There's still about a quarter of people that haven't gotten those yet, which is going to lead to a pretty strong used market in June and July, which is something that we don't usually see. So that's something that he um, dove into. And then we also had a story go up at the end last week on Westlake Financial's cybersecurity strategy. Um, so they gave their example of investing in what they would potentially lose from a risk side if they did happen to have a, a security breach. Um, and then also on Friday, they had what they call a fraud Friday. So different sessions that went into um, different fraudulent activity examples that dealers and lenders have experienced. And then also some input from fintechs on different technology that they have coming out. So it was packed. It was busy. Uh, the only hiccup I had was a small delay in my flight when I was on my way home. So other than that, I would say it was a success. Great. Well, we do have a packed week ahead with updates on um, the Consumer uh, Financial Protection Bureau, a California Supreme Court decision that will put auto lenders on the hook for attorney damages, uh, new new figures from the used vehicle value index, uh, power sports lender pulses, um, ton more. So stay tuned. And also don't forget to register for the Auto Finance Summit 
which returns to the win Las Vegas, October 26th and 28th. That about does it for our episode today. Thanks for joining us on the roadmap and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. And we will see you online at autofinancenews.net and here next time.